Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 102. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for information and inspiration on the parenting journey. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer and parent coach. I am, as always, thrilled that you're listening in. If you find yourself laughing, taking notes, and or excited about what you hear on the show today, do me a favor and pay it forward. Share this episode with your friends, family, neighbors, strangers. Your sharing is the reason I'm able to show up for you each week, and I'm deeply honored to do so. And funny enough, right now, I'm trying something out. And I don't know if it's going to work out, but I'm actually Facebook-living this intro. So listeners... You're going to hear the show when you hear the show in a few weeks, but actually the time of the recording, I am Facebook living. So we're just going to see if this works. And I'm a little out of breath because I just had to let my dog out. (laughs) My guest today is Kate Orson. Those of you that have been with me for a while will remember her from episode 50, where we talked about how to engage young children in cooperation and contribution around the house. Kate is originally from the UK, but now lives in Basel, Switzerland. She is the mother of one daughter and discovered hand-in-hand parenting when her daughter was a baby. It really helped my confidence to know that crying is the natural way we heal from stress and upsets, to know that if my daughter cried, sometimes the most loving thing I could do was just hold her in my arms and listen. That's a quote from Kate's website. As well as teaching hand-in-hand parenting, Kate is a writer and has had parenting articles published in a number of magazines, including The Green Parent. She's also the author of a new book, Tears Heal, How to Listen to Our Children. I'm so excited to talk about this book with Kate. She is particularly interested in the way our past histories influence our present-day parenting. Oh man, me too. And how telling stories allows us to release our own feelings so that we can become the parents we want to be. Today, we're going to talk about her new book and how to embrace tears as a way to support our children and ourselves in moving through emotion. Hi, Kate. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me and thanks for that wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Please remind and fill in the gaps there and remind the listeners a bit about your journey of doing what you do. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess it actually started before I became a mom. Um, 
I was I was babysitting a boy. That was I had this job when I moved to Switzerland. I was babysitting a five year old boy, and um, he used to have tantrums, and I was um, I was a bit confused about what to do because I, for a start, I thought that five year olds didn't have tantrums. <laughs> so um, and this led me on to Google and um, to figure out a way to deal with it. And I, I found some things like, oh, you should give your child a time out if they have a tantrum or, or things like that. And that just really didn't resonate with me at all. And, and then sh- a few months later, I became pregnant. And then I, I looked back at um, some of the resources I'd found about tantrums and yeah, came across hand in hand parenting and their approach to, to emotions and yeah. Well, I'm so excited to have you back on the show and huge congratulations on your new book. So what inspired you? And it could have been this five-year-old early on, right? What inspired you to write Mm -hmm. specifically about this topic, about the tears? Yeah. The reason I wanted to write this book is I think that our entire culture has this mental block when it comes to crying. Mm-hmm. We we think that our role as parents and everyone falls into this trap, including me, even though I'd started to research about tears before my daughter was born, I still did the same thing where like our baby cries I mean, it's different with babies because that's their only way of um, communicating. Mm -hmm. But for instance, like when our toddler cries, we're like, oh no, this is terrible. They're having a tantrum. And and it's like, all we want to do is stop the emotions. Mm -hmm. And I came across this different way of, of listening to the emotions, which is, it's like, it can be a really hard thing for us to do, but it's just completely reframing the way we view tears instead of being something negative that we need to control or we need to stop. It's more about listening and allowing the feelings and how much that helps your child to go through a natural healing process. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm so excited to tease this out with you. This is such great mm-hmm. timing. And you know that I've had a few other hand in hand instructors on the show, including Tasha Shore was on episode 65 talking about raising emotionally intelligent boys. And Patty Whipfler, the founder of Hand in Hand, yeah. was so generous with her time during episode 76, where she mm-hmm. really taught me about the program. And I'm currently leading a membership yeah. program. And a few of the participants are big fans of the Hand in Hand approach, which full disclosure, mm-hmm. I have a very surface level understanding of Hand in Hand parenting. My listeners know that I'm from the positive discipline world. And I think that there are so many ways that both programs support each other, but I don't have a ton of hand in hand knowledge. So it's great that you're on. And something that has shown up in conversations with my members is that emotional release with tears. So you already kind of touched on it a bit, but can you talk a little bit deeper about this this, this concept of releasing emotions and why is it so important to hold space for our kids to have the release? Yeah, yeah sure. So basically, our children are born with, with this natural healing capacity. Um, whatever happens in their life, they have this natural healing capacity to release um, the feelings that build up from traumatic experiences. So um, for instance, if you get like a deer in the wild, if it has a, a scary frightening experience it will it will find a safe place and it will go into this um shaking where it's releasing cortisol from going into fight or flight and um one of uh, humans try and do the same thing in that if we have a traumatic experience or even just 
a bit of stress or, you know, a baby gets or toddler gets overstimulated or they get scared by a dog or something like that, then their body releases cortisol. And and later they need a safe place to come to um, let the cortisol out of their system. And cortisol has actually been found in tears. So Mm. crying is one of the ways that, that we do that. So... Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, so this mm-hmm. becomes then something, a tool to release a toxin from the body. Because so what I know about cortisol is that when it's yes. present, the brain actually stops. It can't grow when pro- cortisol is present. Ah, right. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, don't quote me, but I think, that, <laughs> I think that, that is scientifically backed. And so, I mean, you know, so considering like, so, so are you saying that even, you know, sometimes kids will have a hard, you know, have a lot of stress, maybe have that cortisol uh, ex- experience and then perhaps calm down, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've released the cortisol from their body. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the the thing we find. Like, for instance, if we've got a toddler that's about to throw a tantrum and we're like, okay, I'll just give my t- toddler a biscuit and then they'll calm down and they'll be fine. And it looks that they'll be fine. But we might notice later that the that the stress comes out in another way. For instance, they might hit their baby brother or they mm-hmm. might um, snatch a toy off another child. And, and, and so it's like on the surface, it looks like they're okay. But actually then the deeper level of well-being that comes from releasing the feelings hasn't happened. So, so yeah. So I'm hearing you kind of reframing the purpose of tantrums. And, and I, and I, even that makes me feel a little like, well, are we, you know, there's language we use, right? So there's the language of, oh, they're having a tantrum versus they're having a meltdown, right? Sometimes and so I'm just like, right now, this is just coming to me. Are those both the same or are they two different things? I think there's times when kids, you know, there's that, that like, you're not letting me have what I want and I can't deal with the frustration right now. So I need to fall apart. And that's when I, and it's interesting, even those two words, tantrum feels more like it's a manipulation Whereas mm-hmm. meltdowns, like I literally f- like can s- visualize that letdown, that release. And maybe, and and even as I say, tantrums feel manipulative. I also, my parent educator is like, they don't know how to manipulate. They just are experiencing yeah. their emotion. Yeah. So do you see a difference there? Or are those two terms that we could use interchangeably? Um, I, I don't see a difference there. I, I see that like there's a tantrum where a child is more stamping and more right. really phys- physically releasing feelings mm-hmm. and then a, me- a meltdown or crying when they, they want a hug and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But actually both of these kinds of crying are um, uh, for tension release. And yeah, like you say, children aren't born to manipulate us. They're, they're born to release feelings. So right. it's it's important to like, yeah, to approach those crying in a similar way. Obviously you can't hug a tantruming child, but, but right. when, when children get upset, they really need um, an adult there because as they release the feelings, the other important thing is like, this is not about crying it out. Um, 
when your child is in an upset, it's like their their emotional brain, the limbic system is is attuning to your brain. So if you can stay calm and stay with them through the upset, then that um means that afterwards they'll like attune to your brain and see that you're calm and that everything's okay. And then they'll they'll get through the meltdown and feel much better. I love that. And, you know, I talk a lot with parents about our kids being our teachers, our children being our teachers. And, you know, we talk about creating intentions and deciding who they want to be. A lot of, I have a lot of reformed yellers and kind of reactive parents Mm -hmm. that work with me. And, you know, it's all well and good when everybody's, you know, following through with the program. It's another thing when they fall into tantrums and meltdowns, but this is where the work is. Like, this is the practice field. This is the big game, right? So this is where parents who are listening, if you find yourself like, well, yeah, I know I'm supposed to stay calm, but they're freaking out. Well, yeah. And you don't need to meet them there. (laughs) (laughs) right? You don't need to have your own meltdown. And I think just as they're attuned to our limbic system, we are also attuned to theirs. So being aware of when we're getting pulled into their experience and simply recognizing and then pulling back because you're the adult. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box 
plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. You're the one yeah. with the skills. Yeah, that's so true. And um, it is slightly easier for us to not attune to them because we have um, a much more developed prefrontal cortex. So yeah. then there are, usually, like there are times when we get stressed and overwhelmed and it's just not and it's just not possible to do this but yeah if you if you can stay calm and remember your thinking brain then you mm -hmm. can be there to help your child bring them out down yeah and parents there's lots of ways to practice this don't just wait for the tantrum to practice right practice throughout the day so you know we have you know so uh, the obvious signs right like you mentioned the stamping stomping around door slamming red face harsh words or the you know, the actual crying has already happened. Those are obvious signs that a child is having big feelings that they, and they need to release. It seems like there, and it, there's lots of other ways that they, that show that they're having a hard time or are frustrated. So what are some other signs that are maybe more subtle for parents to look for, to know, hey, you know what, there might be a release in this kid's future so that they can kind of yeah. yeah, prepare themselves, I guess, for lack of a better mm -hmm. phrase. What are some yeah. other things? Um, I any any kinds of um, what we call uh, with hands in hand parenting, we call off track behavior because we don't like to use the term misbehavior. But like basically, it. any behavior that you can tell your child's not feeling good, like if they're being aggressive or if they're if they're really whining, if they're um, like grabbing you, needing your attention all the time and they don't feel content enough to play independently for a while. Basically any kind of, all the kinds of behaviors that drive us crazy as parents and basically any kind of behavior that they're um, pushing your buttons or they're doing something they know they're not meant to do or doing things that are basically showing that their uh, prefrontal cortex is not working. It's like mm -hmm. when their thinking brain is not working well, it's because they're experiencing um, an emotional overload. Mm -hmm. And um, it might not be that they're going to cry just because you notice that they need to cry because children need a lot of safety to let go of feelings. And it mm -hmm. might be that what they need first is for you to spend time with them, for you to play things they love, to, to have some laughter and play, so to, for, so to those, lighten up, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lighten up yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like lighten up the whining with a bit of laughter and a bit of play, for instance. And yeah, like it's all part of the same process of really, a laughter is another way that children release feelings and, um, yeah, get their emotions back into e equilibrium. So, so you, I guess you can think of any kind of misbehavior mm -hmm. as a sign that your child has feelings to release. Right. And it might be that they release them by crying, but they might want to release them by just having a good giggle or something like that. Well, I appreciate the language of off-track behavior. I always use the word mischief, right? So when, uh, yeah. when they get into a little bit of mischief, those are the, because <laughs> yeah. I don't like misbehavior either because that assumes that behavior isn't purposeful and it really Behavior is purposeful and it is always sending a message about, about where they're at and what they're going through. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, I have a 14 year old 
beautiful, Mm -hmm. lovely teacher of my own. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just thinking about, um, and, and this has come up in conversation in my membership again, when it's, when from the outside looking in, right, as the parent with however many years of life experience we have as the parent, and we're kind of watching this movie unfold in front of us, and perhaps it's like, oh yeah, there's going to be, there needs to be some release, but maybe the child, the adolescent, the teenager is, is stuck in that angry place. Or, you know, for all of us that maybe are parent educators, it might be like, you will not, I am not going to fall for your (laughs) tactics, right? Which really is an indication to me that my child, that something is, there is hurt there, right? Because when we hurt others, when we're hurtful, typically it's because we're hurting so where, what's the olive branch there when, when you've got school age or adolescent kids and, and they're just kind of stuck in this emotion, um, what would you suggest? And, and yes, everything you just said, lightness and humor, although be careful with the humor with your teenagers, be, be <laughs> smart about the humor. Um, yeah. but how can we kind of give them some stepping stones so that they get to a place where, and like you said, safety. So what are some of the ways that we can create that safety? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's totally what they need when they're angry. It's, it's safety because they might, sometimes like children will get angry and, and then they'll start crying. And other times it's like they need more safety to build before mm-hmm. they really want to release the emotions under the surface. So so one of the things you can do, which um, is called special time, mm-hmm. maybe oh, my people know and- my people know about special time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can do special time and that can really help to build the connection that they need to just soften up a bit and mm-hmm. let go of the emotions uh, behind the anger. And um, sometimes you can use laughter and that can backfire because it can make the child feel more angry and they can be like well you're not taking me seriously Mm -hmm. you're you're being light and playful so you have to sort of know get to know what's appropriate in your situation with your child and see what what works best so what is it important that and I'm I'm guessing I know the answer to this but so I'm hearing you talk about like a transition a transition um or space or time between when it might be for the parent and obvious like, wow, they have some stuff going on and there's going to be a release. I'm hearing you really talk about it as an invitation, right? Like creating a a, a relationship first, like you're talking about special Mm -hmm. time and creating that safety. So parents that are listening, thinking about, you know, when you fall apart, when you let it go, when you release who do you release to, right? Mm-hmm. And and what is it about those people that, yeah. that that invite you to feel comfortable and safe to be vulnerable like that? So proactively, and I love this because I'm always talking about relationship. Um, so proactively creating that and creating an environment that feels safe. And then, mm-hmm. um, oh gosh, don't lose, don't lose my train of thought. Okay. And so then, but then being willing, and this is a tough one for people like me who are tad bit controlling, being willing to say, wow, it feels like you are having a lot of emotion. It feels like you're having a lot of stress right now. 
you know that I'm available to you. And one of our, you know, and it might sound like we value being helpful and not hurtful. So if you need time to get yourself together, take it. If you would like me to join you, I'm here for you. But right now this needs to be a safe space for everyone versus like you have some emotions to release. So let's go to the couch Mm -hmm. and I'm going to sit with you and you can have a big cry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They have to do it in their own time. (laughs) That's what I was getting to with that really long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cause I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking from the lens of having not a toddler or a preschooler who do those really big, quick pendulum swings, but instead from the lens of parenting a school age or a teen. And there's a lot of baggage there and there's a lot, and we have to be patient and we have to trust Mm -hmm. that they will get there. Yeah. And I think it's about, from what I've heard of, because I have a five-year-old, but from what I've heard from hand-in-hand instructors with teens, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is, is more like, hanging out with them in a relaxed way and Mm -hmm. in a very um low-key way being available yeah so maybe when they come home in at night or just just to let them know that you're there maybe having a relaxed conversation as you're driving the car and you know if you can figure out some playful ways to to get them laughing Mm -hmm. and and joining and paying an interest in the things that they love and spending time with them uh doing those things it just like as relaxed way as possible, no agenda, not, not, not like, oh, so how's it going at school? I mean, you could say that, but just not like you want to get all the information out of them and you've obviously got a hidden agenda. Right. It's got to be yeah, quite relaxed and just basically listening and being where they're at in that moment instead of like, oh, okay, I know they've got some feelings to release or something's bothering them. So I'm going to try and get to the bottom of it right now. Yeah. It's got to be on their terms. Even with the younger children, it's got to be on their terms rather than your terms. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, as I think about this more and thank you so much, I have much better understanding of all of this. And, And when I think about this more, I really see what happens in a home where this is just what happens? Like, this is just a part of the way we are with each other that we accept that, you know, life, life's <laughs> life keeps lifing and, um, and it's challenging and it's messy and embracing opportunities to release it all and letting it all go. And, and what a gift, yeah. what a gift that is to our kids yeah because it becomes a tool for them, right? They, I'm, I'm guessing they become ever more aware of, wow, I am, there's some disequilibrium in my body, right? And yeah. I wonder if this is one of those, you know, I'm thinking about like kids in college even who are raised in homes where this is a valued um, part of, of being and how great that is. And I, I really appreciate, Kate, that you mm-hmm. said, it's, you know, watch your, check your agenda at the door, that this does not sound like a checklist. It's not a strategy. It's simply a way of being with each other so that we can continue to move forward in our, being our best selves with each other. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think one of the great things about about crying is that I think a lot of us are quite afraid a lot of us adults are quite afraid of our emotions like as soon as yeah. we start feeling bad like we go onto Facebook or we have uh, some chocolate and um and what happens with children that grow up like this is they grow up 
not afraid of their emotions because many, many times they've gone through a big cry and come out the other side and realizing that if they just let their body do this natural thing, then they'll feel much better than if they kind of dampen all the feelings down. So, so they can embrace their feelings and have a really healthy emotional intelligence about it all. Yeah. And when I was preparing for this conversation with you, I, I, what came to mind was, and this might be totally off the wall, but I was thinking about the stages of grief. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. And how, oh, yeah. yeah, and how when we grieve, we go through this process, you know, and there's no time limit to any of it. It's just a process that we all go, that typically we go through that, denial and anger, then bargaining, then depression, and finally acceptance. Do you think, or do you know, do children, or do we, right? Because it's not just about the kids, people. <laughs> this is a human, this is a human experience. So do you mm -hmm. think we go through stages to get to that release that you're talking about? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting um, point to think about that. I think it does have some relevance because often like, yeah, at first we're like denying our feelings. Oh, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. Mm -hmm. And then as that safety builds, then a child can express the feelings. And what often happens afterwards, for instance, like, like if a child was upset because their friend was leaving the school or something and moving to another place and they were crying and crying and crying, then often what happens is at the end of the process, when they've cried and they've expressed the upset, 
then they can feel much more at peace with what's happening. And mm-hmm. often there's nothing, like when our children get upset, we can launch in straight away and be like, oh, I need to fix this situation. I need to do something. And, and we're so much in fixing brain that we don't allow the emotions. And what often happens with this crying is that when they come to the end of the cry, either there's nothing that needs to fix at all. That's one possibility. Or the other possibility is the child might, have having cleared their mind of the upset might figure out some way to fix it themselves so it's really empowering for them as well do you think there's you know because there's an extreme on either side right so there's the extreme of we don't have emotion i'm going to cut you off i'm going to fix it no crying you're good suck (laughs) it up whatever and then there's you know there's always an extreme on the other side do you think that and have you seen in your work have you helped parents kind of pull back from, you know, feeling like, I don't know, like every emotion is something that needs to be released. Is there another, is there an opposite extreme? Um, I guess the the opposite extreme kind of links back to what we were saying before is that you're really as a parent fixated on, oh, my child's acting out. I need to fix them. I need to help them release their emotions. Right. And that doesn't send the relaxed, um, connected message to your child that you're, that you're there for them and they can, um, yeah, let their feelings go in their own time when they feel comfortable and ready. So, so yeah, that's one thing. And, So it's really about being there for your child. Like if your child wants to play, then that's where they're at in that moment. They might not always want to have a big cry, especially as they get older. It it needs more and more time to build up the safety. Yeah. Yeah. So So again, going back to it's not a script. It's not a technique. It's about being Mm -hmm. human. Yeah. Yeah. That is totally it. It's just about being human. And instead of all this kind of cultural idea that we need to stop feelings, just like letting go of all of that and and sort of seeing what our child needs in that moment and being there for them. Tell the listeners a little bit more about what you've included in your book. Okay, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah so my book is... Um, it's designed for under fives. So although the principles, you can use them for any age, this is, mainly includes stories from the under fives. And it's basically, it includes like the benefits of crying. Um, it's got lots of stories to show like how this process works. It's got practical tips about how to um, listen to your children, the kind of things to say and do. And it's also got... Um, a really important tool for parents called that we do with hand in hand, which is called listening partnerships. Mm -hmm. And this is really helpful because when you start to listen to your children's feelings, it can, it can trigger a lot of feelings in you and it's really hard work, although it has a lot of benefits. So, so we have this thing called listening partnerships where parents get together and get to talk about how parenting is going and um, vent their own feelings basically Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and I've also got, uh, there's a bit about sleep because listening to feelings is really, really helpful for sleep issues. And um, and there's also a chapter on laughter because this is another really important emotional release thing. Love it. Well, there's definitely, there listeners, there will be a link to Kate's book in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And I'm just going to wrap up with my favorite last question, which I may have asked you last time. 
But the fun yeah. thing is the response is always different. Even when people ask me, well, what is joyful courage? I always have a different response. So today, Kate, yeah. what does joyful courage mean to you? Um, so I, I would say like, like parenting is really, really hard work. And sometimes we make mistakes and it could be really hard to get up the next day and just like embrace it as a fresh day. So what kept sprung to mind is that like we should have, try and have the joyful courage just to like, um, yeah, embrace the challenges of parenting and forgive ourselves when we mess up and just starting from scratch each day and thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there for my kids as much as I can. Great. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Where are some of the places that people can find you and follow your work? Um, so they can find me at www.kateawson.com. And Orson is O-R-S-O-N. And um, they can also find me on Facebook. If you put um, Kate Orson, hand-in-hand parenting instructor into Facebook, you'll find my Facebook page where I post a lot of articles and stuff there. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great questions and it was a joy to be here. I am so glad that Kate could come back on the show. I sure do hope you got a lot out of our conversation. I'm just fascinated by this whole release of cortisol. I mean, what? That story about the deer going and finding a quiet place and shaking it out and how humans release cortisol through their tears. That was new and exciting information to me. And I hope it was new and exciting information to you as well. And I really hope that it um, was helpful for those of you that follow the hand-in-hand parenting philosophy. My hope is that uh, this made the crying to release that tension and release those emotions. I'm hoping that this brought it ever clearer for you how to really see that as a tool and an opportunity, not only for our kids, but for ourselves to really work through the layers of stuff that just shows up on the life journey. So big thanks to Kate. And oh my gosh, end of July. Wow. The summer is cruising on by. And I'm shout out to all my Joyful Courage 10 people. And I'm hoping that those visions that you created last June are really, really coming into fruition, that your way of being is solid for your kids. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Joyful Courage 10 was a 10-day program we did back in July to help everybody kind of realign with what they want to create for the summertime. And now we're in it, right? We're in the practice. We will be doing another Joyful Courage 10 mid-September. So just be paying attention to hear more about that. If you are taking away juicy tidbits from this podcast, I'd love to hear about it. You can give feedback and share with me over in the Live and Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group. We are chatting it up over there. That's where I go for challenges to talk about in my solo shows. So pop in over there, be part of the conversation, be part of the celebration, be part of the safety net, the support network for your tribe. I noticed that when I think about joyful courage, something that really um, resonates with me is that it's really about building a community. 
It's about building a community. And I love the way the community supports each other. So thank you for being a part of that. You can find Joyful Courage on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you are feeling overwhelmed by some of the topics that are being spoken about on the podcast, if you feel like, yes, 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 I know I need to put this in practice. And then it feels really tough, like like slogging through wet cement when you try to use these tools and integrate them into your life. You are welcome to connect with me and consider one-on-one coaching. I have helped and supported so many parents who really feel intuitively that there is something they could be doing differently. They really embrace the positive discipline, peaceful parenting mindset. They value professional development. And through our work together, they are creating outcomes and results that reflect a huge shift in the dynamics in their family. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email, casey at joyfulcourage.com and we can see if we're a good fit. I have a couple more spaces available to begin a to begin coaching with people in August. So reach out, reach out and let me know. And I sure do hope you're having a good time this summer. I hope these summer days bring with it fun and ease and playfulness. I'm hoping you are creating a space of connection and curiosity and love. And uh, yeah, I'm just really glad to be holding space for for you all in your learning and your growth and your development. Big love, take care of yourself, self-care, soul care, special time with your kids, make it happen. And I will be with you again next week with a solo show. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.